Aloha, friends. Aloha. Oh, that just makes me think of warm, sunny skies on the beach in Hawaii, right? I know. And outside, it's cold. <laughs> so every time I call my mom, she's always like, aloha, because we used to do that when I lived in Hawaii, and it just always made my heart smile. So I hope saying that this morning to greet everyone, it made their heart smile. How are you looking forward to, to fall? Are, are you looking forward to the fall? I really am. Very much so. It's weird because there's not football yet, and that's kind of a fall thing. I don't have my bales of hay decoration mums and pumpkins out, but I'll get those. But okay. I'm really looking for, I love the brisk, fresh, clean air. I do like the mornings. So yes. when I get in, it's about 45 degrees. And I do like that crisp morning air. But I don't want it to be less than that. Right. <laughs> I really don't. Right. Although I have a better... I have bigger tires on my car now, so I'm hoping that going through the snow is a little bit easier. No, 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 no. We're not talking about snow yet. Yeah, we don't say the S word around here. Exactly. So how was your week? Tell me, do tell me what's been going on. What's been going on this week? Oh, so I started homeschooling last week with the kids. It's going very well. Lots of ups and downs. Oh my gosh, I sound like I'm writing in a high school yearbook. No, but it is because, well, you have five little, well, four of them you're homeschooling, right? Right. And so they're different ages. That's a big job with a it different age. It is ages. a job. And it's not virtual. So no. I'm not overseeing somebody else's homework, classwork, and all of that. But regardless, just overseeing and managing the kids and their education and my time and the household and the laundry. And trying to work a business. The, oh, my the goodness. This and the that. Yes. You know, you can make that laundry and cleaning the house part of home ec then count towards your school. Just so you know. Thank you. Duly noted you know, and done. You are <laughs> you are a home ec teacher, right? <laughs> yes, I do have my degree in home ec. And yes, I did full disclosure, send you a picture the other day of fish sticks that I saw in the grocery store. Oh my gosh. I, I laughed want... so hard. She's like, I'm looking for something for dinner. And it was just a wall of fish sticks. <laughs> it was hilarious. Guess it made, who's me, cooking? <laughs> made me laugh. But I did make chef salads today and cob salads for the kids for lunch. So it's all pre-made. So when it's time to eat, then they have that all. The kids took them to school for lunch because they go for lunch and they're a couple of classes a day. And anyway, they were excited. They loved it. You know what's really funny about this? I give you a hard time about the fact that you don't cook, even though you're a home ec teacher. But honestly, every time you do those burrito bowls for our artists and such, oh my gosh, they just rave over them. And I haven't even eaten one yet. And I'm just... You didn't? Well, no, because it has stuff on there that I'm not eating right now. I guess I didn't realize that you didn't. Well, but that's okay. No, my coach, my health coach would have gotten after me to say, you're not on supposed to eat these. <laughs> on some things, yes, I would agree. But I'm going, on a, I'm going on a women's retreat this weekend for our church, and I'm overseeing all the meals for all three days. I guess it's really uh, only two days. Is that why you were days. shopping for fish sticks? No, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I'm doing rice bowls for that as well. Really? Because it's just quick and easy. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my charcuterie board. You know, my birthday's right around the corner, so I'm waiting. Hopefully Wait. it won't snow because it's right around the corner. It's December. That's not around the corner. Stop trying to rush. Enter. <laughs> I'm just getting you mentally prepared for making me a charcuterie board. <laughs> okay. Yes, I hear you. And I want a party too. Yay, let's have a party. I'm always up for parties for my birthday. I'm just saying. And guess what I get to do this year on my birthday? Because it falls on a Sunday. I get to preach. <laughs> oh, are you? What do you well, well my I was say, what, what are you going to preach about? My, but you probably don't know yet. No, I wait for the Holy Spirit to give me that. But my pastor is going to be out of town. So I will be, I'll be preaching on my birthday. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going out of town for my birthday. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. It will be fun, actually. I love, I never realized how much I would love 
being a pastor and preaching. I love it. I mean, I do it in three minute chunks on the air, but this is 20, 30 minutes. No, but it, you do it with your daily life. It's not exactly. about three minute chunks of time. It's really a mouthful. <laughs> it's not about standing up in front of an audience, a congregation. Right. It's just who you are. Yeah, I'm just sharing the good news. I mean, I'm just sharing what God's been showing me. But you do have to organize it a little bit, and it does have to be longer. So that's the two things that I have to do. You mean you on. have to talk for a long period of time, and that's not a problem for you? I didn't say it was a problem. <laughs> I, I just know say that. It, but I normally am not organized. I have a brain that's like spaghetti. I don't have, you know, straight lines. It's all kind of wound in there. It's a spaghetti head. A spaghetti head. I, I'm a visual person. <laughs> Bam, spaghetti head. What would you say yours is like? What is my brain like? It depends on any given day and what's going on. I don't know. I mean, sometimes people think linear. You have to have things in your brain, very organized, and it has to be one, two, three. Mine is, I'm going to take eight and then go to three and then two and five, and it's all going to happen at the same time, and it's just going to be a mess, and nobody can follow it except my brain. And I'm processing what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so more linear is what you're saying. Probably, probably, but I also am very good at, I can squirrel. Any good woman can squirrel, <laughs> right? I mean, any good man can squirrel too. But yes. I think I'm probably, I'm, depends on the topic and the, and the purpose. I'm finding that you're a lot like your mom when it comes to squirreling. Because your mom will call herself a squirrel brain. Oh, my mom's a big squirreler. I wouldn't say I'm a big squirreler. <laughs> so you're a semi-squirreler. Yes, a semi-squirreler. You're semi-squirrely. <laughs> oh, my stars. That's hilarious. I'm thinking what that looks like. Semi-squirrel. I, I can see. You got, you got a line, and then it goes squirrely, and then it goes a line, and then it goes squirrely. Anyway, let's talk about last week's topic. Okay. So last week, I asked you to prepare for some questions. What were the life lessons you learned every 10 years of your life? Did you write notes and everything? I did. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What so I wouldn't... Homework. I wouldn't squirrel. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't prepare, but there you go. It was my question. <laughs> you you did prepare because you shared last week little highlights, highlights of various things, kind of like the teaser. So let's start in the first 10 years. What was one thing that was a takeaway in your first 10 years? Okay, I didn't know we were going back that I mean, that's far, what I said. That far. So I'm 46. No shame in that. Okay. Good for you. Thank you. Some of us love to have a little bit of mystery in our lives. Oh, I have mystery, but not about my age. <laughs> so in my first 10 years, we moved. I was born in Columbus, born at Riverside. And then we moved to, I went to school, elementary school in Hardin Northern here, somewhere in Hardin County. Somewhere in Hardin Well, I knew County. it's close to here, but I went to Hardin Northern. <laughs> then, funny. then in second grade, we moved to Orlando, Florida. My father was a pastor and... He took a church in second grade and there was a lot of hardship early on. Mm. So in those first years, and it was probably about learning about friends, getting along with others, siblings, just kind of didn't prepare much for thinking about the first 10 years of life, but it really was almost a survival mode. It was kind of traumatic, the move, moving in second grade. And it started from an educational standpoint where here in Ohio, things were not further along educationally as they were in Orlando, Florida. So oh. when I showed up in second grade, they were already doing things that I hadn't done, for example. Yeah, every school has a different scope and sequence. So. Yes, but it's it can be detrimental to a child at a very young age. So I didn't yes. feel like I was very smart because I didn't know my multiplication tables Oh, like everybody else did. Oh, So I just had to learn to be okay that I wasn't going to be like everybody else. That's probably the hardest thing about 
kids that move a lot, yes. military and pastors and things like that, that moving is going to always, there's always going to be something different that they're learning in school that you have to adjust to. Yes. So I learned a lot about, it's okay that I'm not like everybody else in whatever avenue that would be. No big deal. Okay. And you had a family full of girls, correct? Yes. Your father was the only boy. Did you have a boy dog at least? No female dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so your dad was it. <laughs> yes. And he always said if he could have had stock in tampons and stock in hairspray, he would be rich today. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. So later in life, I found out that my dad loved to shop. Like he loves going to the mall. He loves clothes. He loves really? shopping. Oh, he is dapper. He he has always, since we all moved out of the house, he's always had a tailor or somebody to make him suits and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, dad, why when we left were you like this? He goes, I couldn't afford that lifestyle when you were home. I can afford it now, girl. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Girls are a little bit more expensive to take care of they a little can, bit they can be but the boys in sports though gets pretty expensive oh very much so oh yes very okay much so. so what did you have as a takeaway for those 10 years that I can be resilient that I can still be okay even though you're not at the same level as other people around you right and that it's okay that is a great lesson because we'll never be equally matched with everyone around us but we're not supposed to be no. that's the cool part yes that's the cool part. And that, yeah, I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and there was a scientist, an astrophysicist, and I felt like the dumbest person in the room, even the guy who was doing the interviewing was super smart and he's an actor. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Science was really not my best subject. I don't even think I could spell the title of what you just said. Astrophysicist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was surprised even that I could say it. Yeah. Anyway. Tell me what you learned in the second 10 years of your life, which would be your teen years. And oh, there's so much to learn in the teen years. So much heartache. So once again, we moved to Ohio from Florida when I was 15. So the middle of my freshman year up until graduation. So we're looking at about 11 until what, 20 somewhere in there? Okay. Is that the route we're going? But kind of looking at that, that was kind of traumatic because we, hello, moved again. And I left all my friends. And you had to go in middle school. That's tough. Well, it was the middle of my freshman year. So it was at the beginning oh, of I'm high sorry. school. You probably said that, but I wasn't listening. <gasps> oh. Hello, are you I listening? I was distracted by something at the window. Okay. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And the window's inside too. That's what's funny. <laughs> It's the only window I have in here. That's hilarious. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yes, I am paying attention now. You have my full okay, attention. All, this is what I say. All eyes on me. Isn't yeah. that what teachers say? <laughs> One, two, three, eyes on me. Okay. No, don't look at me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so high school, I think it was once again about, about friendship. And I really had to dig deep into, once again, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I didn't go to parties. I didn't do things other kids were doing. But I later found out that I kind of put myself on a pedestal. I didn't at the time realize I was doing that, but I kind of felt like this makes me sad. Looking back, I think I felt like I was better than everybody else. Mm. And it makes me sad because at the time I didn't think that and I don't think that now. So I'm processing this, but it was kind of that religious, well, I don't drink. Well, I don't smoke. Well, I'm not sleeping oh, around. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't doing what the quote other kids. So you felt were like doing. you were, you were a better person. As my sisters would say, I was Miss Goody Two Shoes. And oh. I prided myself with that. I was known as a church girl and I hung out with the choir boys because we did. Choir boys probably weren't all that pure either. 
Just saying. <laughs> Probably not on, but on the surface, I mean, we would, I would hang out with tons of boys all the time because the girls were so full of drama. I didn't mm. want to deal with any of that, but yeah. I wasn't doing the other things. So again, it was a friendship thing and it was about building my own self-esteem, building my own persona of what it was that I thought I was supposed to be. Ah, supposed to be. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the age is that we're trying to figure out our true identity. Right. And and there's always going to be a balance shift and there's always going to be an imbalance because we're teenagers and our brains are a wreck at that point. Yeah, I could tell you stories about my daughter who's a teenager and one minute, (laughs) you know, she's as happy as a lark. The next minute she's about to, you know, cat fight. Yeah. So anyway. should I, should I give you my side as we go through these years as well? So we Please. can kind of compare notes because yes. we've gone through your up to what, 20 at this point, I guess. Yeah. So my first 10 years, I lived out in the country. It was five miles to any town. My parents owned a business right there next to the house. So in the summer times, and I think I've mentioned this before in the summer times, I had to make friendships in order to play with people. Right. So when kids came into the shop with their parents, I would invite them out to the swing set to play and all that kind of stuff. So I learned how to talk to people even when it scared me because <laughs> I would sit there and I remember staring at them for the longest time, getting up the guts to go out and play. But anyway, that was what I did when I was younger. So back to that resilience. Sometimes when you're lonely, you just, you have to reach out. And I think that's something I've carried now that a lot of times people feel lonely and they feel like they're isolated, but it's because they're not reaching out and saying, Hey, I need a friend right, right. now. So often I hear stories about people who hide their depression so well, and they're hurting so badly, and then they take their own life. And I just heard about this yesterday. And that saddens me so much that someone would get to that point. And so I want people, no matter how you're feeling, if you're feeling like alone right now, then stop. You're not alone. Like we're here. Somebody, somebody is here. Reach out and and say, I need a friend right now. And I would say everybody, if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, reach out because you don't know if they're sitting alone, especially with this COVID stuff going on, reach out, just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you today. So that is a way that you can certainly bless people. And that's what I learned as a young child in my teenage years. I was the kind of person that was friends with everybody, especially in high school. I was friends with the jocks. I was friends with the brainiacs. I was friends. You know, I was just that person that was kind of the bridge. And I still want to be that bridge. Even now I want to be the bridge for everybody. And I, I want to be that because that's how you build strong relationships. I have a tendency to put people in boxes and I'm trying to work through that. I mean, that's just something I fell into, right? right. You, get, you have to be conscious about it and make an effort to not put people in boxes and categorize them. So in my teen years, I saw myself really being that bridge. It didn't matter who the group was. I was going to be a friend to everybody. That was my role. That's what my role is now too. I want to be a friend to everybody. So those are my first 19 years or so. So I guess the next stage that I really prepared for was the 20s. Or thought about was the 20s because that's when I headed off to college, you know, 18, 19, but headed off to college. And that's when I really started to dig into who I really was. I said earlier in high school who I was, but it's who I thought I was supposed to be. So yeah. I go to college and the parents aren't there anymore to kind of guide and direct. And so, oh, yeah, I went crazy. Yeah. So then it turned into, am I a Christian because my dad's a pastor? Mm. Am I a Christian because I was raised in a Christian home? Am I a Christian because I know it's the right thing? So really digging into what, 
who who I really wanted to be and decide my own personal relationship with Christ. So just a lot of self-reflection about me and my direct contact to the Lord. Oh yeah. I mean, I was I was raised a Catholic and I was told by my parents you can go to church every week with with us and when you get confirmed, then you can make that decision to go to church or not. So I think I was 17 when I got confirmed and I was like, yep, I'm done. You uh, confirmed that you weren't a part of it at that point. That was kind of the thing. And then we just, I don't, I don't remember going to church after that. I don't think my parents did either. I think they were only going because of me. So I went off uh, to college and was a wild child. I mean, I had no structure whatsoever. I didn't do very much in school. I mean, I was a high school exchange student. So in my senior year of high school, I was in another country. I was a wild child there. I was just wild. I had like nothing. I didn't find the Lord until 23 when I decided I was going to get married. I mean, in the meantime, I had a son and I was a single parent and that was in the military, which was a very difficult thing. I mean, I had medical and I had a job, but I had no father. I didn't want anything to do with him. And I had no focus in life and nothing to fall back on. I mean, talk about a bad cook. I didn't understand how to even make a healthy meal back then. So it was a lot of growth in my early 20s. Then I met my first husband and then we ended up getting married. And, you know, the rest, we we decided that God was pulling us towards him. And we got that from a lot of different people. When we decided to get married, that's when we decided we wanted to have God in the center of our relationship. Actually, that's something that he said to me. He said, my mom has always said that we need to keep God in our marriage. And I said, I'm down for that. I've always wanted to get back to my faith is right. what I would call it. But I didn't know what that looked like. I said, all I know is I don't want to be a Catholic again. And he goes, well, I don't want to be a Lutheran anymore. And I go, well, what else is there? And that was literally the conversation. Oh, wow. So we started, I mean, people just began to get into our lives. We got married. A month later, he ended up going to Okinawa, Japan. We were in the military. And I ended up staying back and doing my regular job. Individually, we both started going to church and finding the Lord. Then he came home on leave in February and we got baptized together, which was really cool. So anyway, I found the Lord in my early 20s. So the rest of my 20s was really learning how to do life with a different set of friends with a little more structure. You know what I mean? And I was right. raising babies at the same time. But we, we got in good with good people that helped us grow. And we were in small groups and we were in church. And, you know, that's just where it started. And I started singing in church, which I had not thought that I just thought I loved music and I loved singing. So, hey, why not? I'll try right. to join in the worship team. So that's where it all began. Okay, so now your 30s. What'd you learn in your 30s? Oh, did I, did I do a takeaway for my 20s? No, go for it. There was a lot of takeaways in there. I guess if I was going to take something away from my 20s, it was a lot changes in your 20s. A lot. I think about being a 20-year-old and being a 30-year-old. How much life, how much learning, how much growth happens in those years. And I look at my son now, who's 28, raising two boys, married, you know, working a career. I'm like, wow, I just don't even remember those days being that young, but there was so much that changed in 10 years. So tell me about 30s to 40. So I got married early 20s, 23. Me and too. So yes. So from there, there was a lot about 
what I thought would have been self-sacrifice, but it's working on communication, working toward common goal, what that looked like, supporting one another. But I was this career person in, in banking and investments, and Brian was in medical school. So we were kind of doing our own thing and regrouping at night together. So my 30s, that's when I gave birth to our oldest daughter, and was when I was 30. And so for me in my 30s, it was all about motherhood and literally self-sacrificing. I had, upon giving birth to her, decide, do I stay home and be a stay-home mom and raise my daughter? Or do I continue down this career path that really I could have taken at any level I wanted? Oh, yeah, because you had all these opportunities. I did. I remember taking her in to the office after my maternity leave was over and my manager was there, her manager was there and the other district manager and all three of them were there to sit down to greet me and welcome me. And I walk in with my jeans and high heels and suit coat and a baby carrier. And they were surprised because I wasn't ready to work, but they knew that I wanted a meeting with them and they were ready to open the doors of opportunities for me, management, all of these things. And this is when we lived in Columbus. Oh, wow. And the bank had just merged with another bank. So it's now one of the top largest banks in the nation. And they were going to open the world for me. And I'm like, I love motherhood. I'm turning in my resignation. And they were all like, <laughs> seriously. Jaws on the ground. They were. It was a hoot. But it was the right decision. But yeah. it was all about self-sacrifice because it wasn't about just me anymore. It was about my daughter. Yeah. Isn't that funny? You were having your first child at 30 and I had my last one, my fourth one at 30. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and keep in mind, I started at 30 and I had five. So oh, wow. in my 30s, I was pregnant a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my husband saying to me one day, you're finally not pregnant in our marriage less than yes yeah. <laughs> yes and Brian and I had those conversations about pregnancy oh, about preg breastfeeding all of those things not pregnant in our marriage more okay more uh, you know what I mean I'm following I was so pregnant the first section of our yeah see that's pregnancy squirrel. brain it's, well squirrel yeah. but pregnancy brain yeah I was always pregnant and then finally we were married long enough that it, the scales tipped anyway <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Let's just keep going. <laughs> yes. But learning in my 30s about motherhood and self-sacrificing and what that looked like. Because I'll tell you what, there, I wanted to sleep and I couldn't sleep. Yes. I wanted to be left alone when I went to the bathroom. I wasn't left alone. No. I couldn't even shower without an interruption. Now, don't get me wrong. That still happens periodically. But yeah. at that particular stage of my life, nobody would leave me alone. No, you, you're a mom. You have children at your feet yes. all the time. Yes. Yes. The bathroom door that doesn't exist. <laughs> I know. So when I was in my 30s, I unfortunately at 33, I was going through a divorce. And so motherhood looked very different. And the hardest thing that I had to deal with was being a mom only half the time because we had shared parenting. And I was the stay at home mom. But now I had to take care of my kids. I had to share the time with them and I had to have a job so I could live on my own to take care of them. Do you know what I mean? It's before I was a stay at home mom and he was the breadwinner. Right. Now here I am learning how to do life for myself again and having to raise four kids. It was not an easy job, but I had God. I had a really good relationship with God 
And he just took care of me right and left. And my kids remember how God came through on a lot of things, which is so surprising because now it's like, don't you remember? And I, I sometimes can have a conversation with them and they remember. And I always gave God the credit for whatever happened. Right. But they just forget. And someday they'll remember again because I'm, hope, I'm hoping and praying they're going to walk with the Lord again someday because right. that's not where they're at. They're all adults and they're making their own decisions. But I know the power of prayer that works and I know that I raised them in the church. So that's just an aside. So my 30s were very difficult. It was very difficult. There was a lot of personal growth. There was a lot of working hard. I went back to school and got my bachelor's degree. I went back to school two years after that and got my master's degree. And I did that because I needed to make more money so that I could take care of my children. Right. And I'm making less now. <laughs> and the reason I'm making less is because I chose to go into ministry. And, and honestly, it's where God led me. So I don't worry about anything. I, I've learned how to get rid of bills so that I can live on less. And I've learned how to enjoy where God puts me and not worry about the money. So there's a lot I've learned in my 40s because that's what happened was I started here at China FM in my 40s. And so I've learned really to rely on God completely. My biggest takeaway from my 40s, and I'll get to you about your 40s in a second. Biggest takeaway in my 40s, when I finally released everything to God, I always held on to those little pieces. You can have everything, but this is what I would do in my 30s. But in my 40s, I was just done. And I said, okay, I don't, I don't know what's next. So you waved the white you flag. Waved your white flag. Yep. The white flags of surrender was done. And that was in a November. And I just said, all right, God, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to do it because I'm just done. But then I had to wait until March until I got hired here, but I didn't change my stance. I was like, okay, God, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. And I watched him bless my walk. And then one day he brought me here. So it Which all worked I'm out so for the best. thankful for. <laughs> I, I mean, am thankful really, for it too. I'm so thankful to be here. Really, I think about us moving here to Bell Fountain, and I often say, "What? Why? 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 God? Literally, so that why? you could be a famous podcaster, Nicole." Oh, I don't <laughs> even know how to respond to that. That's so. It was all because of that. <laughs> yes, this, for sure. This is why you guys are so blessed because I'm here for you. Whatever. I mean, I say it all the time. That's exactly what I say. I'm sure Mark would walk in here and say the same thing. Don't you think? About what? About you being, we're, we're so blessed that you're here as a famous podcaster. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> seriously, you are getting my goat every time. That is hilarious. Goat stands for? What? Are you going to make something up? No. You ever hear somebody say like Michael Jordan was the goat? Greatest no. of all time. The no. goat. I've never heard that. I've heard well, of fainting the, goats. No, <laughs> totally different. <laughs> goat means greatest of all time. So they took, they call Michael Jordan greatest of all time in basketball. He's the goat of basketball. Well, you're the goat of podcasting. You're the greatest of all time. I, I have <laughs> never heard that. That is comical. I feel like you're making it up. I'm not making it up. You ask your husband. He'll probably know. He'll probably know. But maybe that terminology came out when I was in my 30s and or in my 20s when I was so focused on myself. Or I have on really my 30s. Just, I just heard it recently. So who knows? Anyway, enough about a goat. Am I ever going to get out of my 40s? I'm just saying. All right, go on for yours. I don't know, but now I'm going to talk about my 40s because I was done having kids. And I remember the first time that we could get on an escalator with no stroller, 
Right. You could just walk on just holding hands. No diaper bag. Yes. And now we're at the point where, okay, we're taking the escalator. You take the elevator or you go here. We go there. I mean, all that fun stuff. But that was in my late 30s. So my 40s, which is almost the complete opposite of where you're waving your white flag of, okay, God, I surrender. Here I am in my 40s. I wrote down, I'm finally taking care of me, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I was taking care of me, but I had to surrender my wants and desires and take up God's wants and desires. Yes. So I think some of that goes hand in hand regardless. So I will preface with saying, yes, God and I are in this together. But finally in my 40s, I guess I kind of realized I matter. Like, yes, I've got to take care of me. I've got to take care of my health. And that's me now. Yes. Right. So I guess in my 40s is a snippet into your, you know, next that we're not talking about. We're not talking about. Yeah. 50s. Anyway, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you really just out me? No. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Okay. So in my 40s, it it is not in a selfish way about taking care of me because I keep going back to that when I was taking care of my kids when they were younger. Oh, you're riding on an airplane. You need to put the mask on yourself before you put it on your kids. Okay, great. That's self-sacrificing. You just do it because you do it. Right. Now I'm finally like, whoa, I want to teach my kids to take care of themselves from a health perspective, a physical health perspective, from a mental health perspective, from a spiritual health perspective. Yeah, we are a whole being yeah. and we need to take care of our whole being. Right. And it's a daily choice, a daily task. But that comes along with really focusing on the future, but living today. So I'm learning the concept of, hey, I've got goals, I've got big dreams, and I I want those for the future. So I've got to take my life today. And do something with it. Do something with it that will help me appreciate what's in the next stage of life. Yes. And I do believe in seasons. I do believe we've we've always gone through seasons of life. And that's with friendships and with just relationships in general. And I'm really thankful for all of those seasons in life. And I had one friend that was really upset when I said one time, oh, we'll have a season and then we won't be friends anymore. Oh, my. And she got really upset. And I didn't, I didn't mean not be friends, but I have friends who are still friends, but I just don't talk to them anymore. You're going to be my friend until next fall. And then I'm going to write you off. Is that yeah. what you mean? It's just, it's just a season of life. You I move know. away. I'm being or, facetious So right my now. friend who's my good friend, she moved to another country. So I don't see her as often. That was a nice season of life. She was a dear friend during that season. And she's still a dear friend. It's just we don't talk as much. But that's just kind of how it goes. You have to be okay. Anybody who comes into your life for a season, what are you doing? Are you building into that life? Are you sowing seeds into that life? I mean, what are you doing with that person? I have people on my prayer list who I have had in my life for a blip. Some of them I haven't even met. They were just mentioned to me. And I'm praying for them. Because they were brought into my life, even in a almost a secondhand way. But I'm praying for them. That's what I've learned all the way through the years. Sounds like you're still working out your 40s. Lucky you. Yep. Lucky and I me am, with oh. all my gray hair and you don't have any. Well, I mean, I did get my hair colored a couple of weeks ago. So what are we going to talk about next week? Are you going to challenge me with some questions this time? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you can bring the heat next week. How does that sound? Bring the heat. I actually like the way that sounds. Yeah. And you can put me on the hot seat. You okay. know, like Dolly Parton would say, you can ask me anything you want and I'll tell you exactly what I want you to know. <laughs> that's funny. I, I don't really sound like Dolly Parton. I know that. But that's what she says. 
Okay. Ooh, this is exciting. Are you really excited about that? A little bit. You like to have that control, don't you? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but I put you through the ringer for two weeks now. So now you get to give it back. On some level. And I don't want to put you through the ringer, but. I don't mind. I... I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> the looks on your face with some of the things you say are awesome. Me? Mm-mm. Right. I'm good. So anyway, next week, bring the questions. I will answer anything you want. And then. The week after that, let's get a guest. What do you think? I have an idea for a guest. Do you? So let me let me work on it. it. I'm not okay. going to say it because I haven't gotten the final stamp of approval, and I haven't okay. even asked that person. Okay, but I do. I do have a great idea for a guest. Okay, that sounds exciting. I love guests. Let's bring them on. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I hope everybody has a great next week. I guess. And a great day. I'm learning to just take it really one yes. day at a time. Have a great right now yes. and later on and this weekend. And, and make it a great day. Yes. And come back with questions. Angie.inthemorning at gmail.com. It's an easy email address, don't you think? Angie.inthemorning. I mean, you can't get any easier than that at gmail.com. That's perfect. Nicole, you're getting it every single time. And it's not even written on your hand in front of you. I'm so proud. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like you just handed me a trophy and I'm doing the princess wave. You are. Yes. That's the queen. It's the queen that, that waves like that. Anyway, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. The Shine FM Podcast Network.